back, everybody, to the newest episode of PenPodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Heather Markell. How are you today, Heather? I'm great. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Where are you joining us from? Today, I actually am in New York City. <laughs> oh, only today? Well, I had knee surgery recently, so I'll be here for a couple months. But yeah, <laughs> I travel I, I travel full time, so I'm usually somewhere else in the world. God, okay, so you're no like set anchor. You're just... Yep, just wherever I'm, wherever I am, that's where I am. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I actually am right outside of New York City myself, so you're in my neck of the woods today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go? The the special surgery? No, um, I just had, uh, what's it called? Meniscus repair. And it was done at the ambulatory center, the St. Vincent's uh, down on like West 12th Street. Okay. Street. Yeah. Very nice. So please, full-time travel. That's definitely something up my alley. I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got into doing that. Yeah, well, I basically was in corporate for over 25 years and was finding myself more and more disillusioned. My career wasn't really progressing and I didn't see where to go. And I felt like I was just counting down years to retirement. And so I just, the more the years went on, the more unhappy I got. And I decided in 2017 to quit. It was a long process involving a lot of pain as the catalyst for me to make change. And I took what I thought was a career break. Um, in 2018, I went off to Costa Rica, figured I'd travel the world for three to six months and then go back to real life and get a job. And after six months of traveling full time, I'm like, why am I going back to work when I love what I'm doing? And I looked at my rent cost and realized if I give up this apartment, that's a lot of money that can get me a lot more travel. <laughs> Gave up my apartment in September of 2018 and went all in thinking at that time it would be for one year. It's now been five years. I got marooned in New Zealand for two years at that time and have just basically been able to pursue what I love and I just did a TEDx talk about it and really what changed the game for me was thinking about the question, how can I revolve my work around travel instead of trying to travel around my work? And that shifted my perspective and allowed me to jump into this lifestyle. Wow. I mean, a two-year waylay in New Zealand is probably not the worst thing in the world. No, I was so lucky. I planned to go for three weeks because it's just so expensive there. And then... Basically, when COVID hit and they closed the borders, you know, New York was the center of the pandemic at that time where I would have returned to. So I thought I'd stay three or four months in New Zealand. But we ended up there with no COVID for the first year I was there after like after lockdown. And I couldn't have imagined I can't imagine a better place to have been marooned at that time. Yeah. For someone who is stuck here in New York, I would have traded places with you in a heartbeat. Yep. A lot of people would have. <laughs> I was like, but don't you care? You might not get back out. Nope. I nope. would be fine with that. <laughs> and it was weird when, when I had to make the decision and they, they told me at the travel agency where I was, they're like, you either leave now. And you know, at the time I had paid $26 with my, with points 
to get to New Zealand and it was $5,000 to come back. <laughs> I was like, they're like, if you don't do this, you, they're closing the borders. You can't leave. And we don't know how long you'll be here for. And I was like, uh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So this may be a little off topic, but I, I'm just curious. So how does that work from like a visa perspective? Is it just extended automatically? Cause you're not allowed to leave. So I had, I think it was a 90 day visa. And at the time I got stuck, I was within those 90 days. But if you can believe it, I think my visa was renewed six times while I was there. Some of it de facto, the government, I mean, they're so kind. They basically knew we were stuck and they just, it, it was interesting. It's like the difference between a small business and a large corporation where the large corporation takes years to change policies and the small business just meets and says, we need to do this and they get it done. <laughs> so there was a lot of that. Um, and then a couple of applications I had to do to renew it, but no sweat, <laughs> basically. That's incredible. So let me go back a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about what life looks like for you. Like, are you airbnb -ing? Where do you like logistically take me through this? So usually what I do is so far I've, you know, after the initial say few months where I was very much coming from the vacation mindset of an American where you pre-book everything in advance and, you know, arrange everything. I now basically choose a first destination, book two or three nights in something I can afford. That might be an Airbnb, that might be a hotel, that might be a youth hostel. And then I figure it out. And, and if I had said that to you when I first started, I would have freaked out. But now it's like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So, you know, let me go see if I like this place that I'm that the location, the city, the town. Do I like this place? I'm this hotel, this Airbnb. And then when I get there, I just things work out. I just trust I might meet another traveler who's like, you got to go to this town and go. I might love it and decide to just add some nights on. But then from there, it's a combination of like house sitting, hostels, boutique hotels. It very much depends where I am in the world. Do I, sometimes I have friends I stay with. Like I was just in Europe this summer and I spent like the first, say, six weeks with friends. So it totally depends on, on where I am. So I guess, wow, you mentioned, and I, and I love that paradigm shift of not working your vacations around your work, but working your work around your vacations. Tell me like, most people don't have the flexibility to work from anywhere in the world, let alone moving around a lot. So how did you, how did you set that up? Well, I had to quit my job. So, I mean, this was before the great resignation when I quit. So remote work wasn't a thing. In fact, I remember, I think I talked about it with my boss, like, cause I was like, Oh, if I could just say, go work from Peru this month and you know, France next month, like I would just keep my job, but that wasn't really a thing. So I, quit my job and basically had to, luckily I'm, I, I've been entrepreneurial for a long time. So, you know, I was a business coach and I kind of, and I do freelance travel writing. So I was able to think about, you know, what kind of work do I want to do and what kind of work complements the lifestyle I'm in. And now that remote work is, is completely acceptable. Now I can look also at you know, temporary or part-time work that's remote um, and do project work so that, so I'm earning income, but in a way that I can be flexible. And I actually think that there, 
depending what you do, right? There's some professions you can't do this. If you are a doctor, you probably have to be in an, you know, in a hospital. If you are working in the post office, you probably have to be in the post office, but there, you know, so if you choose work that allows you to be flexible, then you can absolutely do this lifestyle. And let's dive a little more specific. What kind of work are you doing at fulltimetravelcoach.com? So what I do now is, as my brand is basically, you know, ditch your desk, discover your destiny through full-time travel. So I work primarily with, my goal is to work with those professionals that want more freedom and flexibility. And whether that's working remotely or whether that's leaving work for a while and going and traveling full-time, there are basically, as I call it, there's sort of the mindset, the money, and the mastery around living this lifestyle. So, you know, tackling the the fears of what does money look like? What does, you know, how do I budget right for this this adventure? And then there's the money, the, you know, that's the mindset and the money. And then the mastery is of those logistical pieces like, you know, what am I going to do with my stuff? Do I keep my home? Do I not? How do I pack for this? What about visas? And, you know, those kinds of questions and helping my clients to basically tackle those three core areas of making this lifestyle possible. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy, as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Wow, that's incredible. I would imagine from your time on the road, you you amassed some incredible stories. Yep, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what what are you doing with those stories? Well, some of them I write about in, I have a blog on my website. So there are a lot of them incorporated into, into those blog posts and especially you know, some of them are fun stories or funny. Others, you know, this summer I went to the former Yugoslavia, not on my radar. Like I basically went to France, um, was planning to go to Croatia and then got the opportunity to combine that with, with a writing gig. So I got, you know, some money to go and went to Zagreb and wrote about my time there. But while I was there, I did a, a war tour and, you know, it really... It's funny, I never thought about it. in 1990, I was living in Paris, and I remember talk about the Gulf War, but I don't remember a thing about Yugoslavia. And, you know, thinking about, wow, like back in 1990, obviously, our media was very different than it is now. And, but you know, I was alive, I was old enough at that time that I regret not really knowing anything. And this happened you know, the people I was meeting who had been through this horrible war were not that old, you know, and it's like you're, I'm used to meeting people that are, you know, elderly talking about living, say, through World War II. And here I am meeting people that are like in their 30s and 40s. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've been through a war and what a what a humbling experience to 
learn their stories and then learn what happened in that region. So, you know, stories like that, I'm now sharing also on that blog. And then also I do the podcasts and stuff. And sometimes I share whatever stories as well on, on the podcasts. I love it. What is the best place that you've been and why? <laughs> that is the hardest question. A lot of people ask me, what's my favorite place? What's the best place? And I, I don't think there's one because, you know, what makes a place great to me is a combination of the experiences I have, the people I meet, the landscapes. And so I've met wonderful people around the world right now, like top of my list. I mean, look, I started my travels in Costa Rica, so that's sort of near and dear to my heart, but you know, South America blew me away. I'd never been to South America and those robust colors and getting to speak Spanish and, you know, just there's an energy there to it that that's amazing. That, that was just very familial and welcoming. And then Africa like blew me away going to South Africa and Namibia and other places as I've traveled. Another thing that, you know, just seeing these, amazing animals, some which I have heard of, some I had not in their habitat, not in a zoo, you know, just really awakening. Like I can't stand zoos now because I'm like, oh, these are, I understand some places rescue animals, but they're still in cages. And it's, I've really enjoyed seeing animals just out in their world and having me be the zoo to them, you know, so that's been really special. Was there any particular place you've gone to where you're like, eh, I, I could live with it now ever going back? Yeah, I mean, I I would say there's probably been a couple, you know, and, and I don't, and this is just also my experience, right? So right, I, I haven't been anywhere that I would say it's a terrible place. Don't ever go there. Uh, my particular experiences that I had, I will say the, the, the summer... I went to Albania. I'm so glad I went. I, again, met lovely people, saw some beautiful places, but I didn't, for me, what I love about places that makes me go back is the feeling I have when I'm there, feeling connected, feeling something that pulls me there. And I didn't have that feeling in Albania for whatever reason. Okay. Interesting. Is there a bucket list place that you have for, I mean, for someone who travels all the time, I would imagine that's maybe not as lofty as the rest of us, but is there a place you haven't gotten to yet that's like on your absolute must-go list? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny. I don't have a bucket list anymore. I I guess, I don't know. It doesn't, re it used to resonate with me. And now I'm, I guess I feel like I have a, a desire list. Um, I guess bucket list is like the thing that you do before you kick the bucket. And I'm like, why am I waiting till I kick the bucket? To, you know, I don't know. But I do want to go. I didn't get to like Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands. I definitely want to get to. I'm so excited to go to. I had a gorilla trek booked in Uganda for May of 2020, which obviously I didn't get to do. So, um, so I would like to. I'm hoping in 2023 to get back there. And I have a friend in Reunion Island near Madagascar that I've been talking about visiting for 20 years and uh, I really want to get there. So I'm hoping to do that again also perhaps in 2023. Love it. If you could give like one piece of feedback to anyone out there who's thinking they want to do more travel or want to explore cutting the cord and being a little more free and working from wherever, what would that be? 
just go for it. <laughs> I mean, I, there's this thing, I think that we all worry about the, it's that, that unknown. I don't know what will happen to my life, to my money, to how I'm living, to everything. If I cut the cord and go, and I don't have the answer, but that's the whole thing is getting comfortable. Like my life now is a giant unknown. I have no idea what's happening tomorrow, next week. I don't know where I'm going. And it's, it's very empowering to not have to worry about like, what if? And so if you can just have some faith in the, when you're, I think we naturally, when we think about cutting a cord to go do something different, our mind naturally goes to the negative. Oh my God, I might end up penniless. Oh my God, I might end up. So catch yourself in those thoughts and turn them positive. I might end up being a millionaire. I might end up having the best adventure of my life and bring that positivity into your thinking process so that you can just have more faith and do it. Fantastic. What comes next for you? I mean, I know you're stuck in New York for a little while with the, with the knee recovery. Yeah. What is, what's next on your list once you're back out there? So I'm looking at, you know, now that I, I just did my TEDx talk, I've written a book, I'm looking at more speaking opportunities. So part of my next year or two will be trying to shift into travel around some of those speaking opportunities. I do on my radar for 2023 have South America and Africa. I don't know which countries in those regions, but but that's kind of what I'm looking into and the, the where I definitely want to get back to Argentina and Peru, but ideally, you know, I'm looking at some conferences that might take me other places. So, so yeah, so it's kind of like a shift into more, more of the speaking, more of the engaging with people around this lifestyle and helping other people to, to do it. Cause I think what came out of the pandemic and the great resignation is a large number of people that really want to live this lifestyle and are looking for information to just encourage them to go do it. Yep. I can definitely attest to that. Um, you mentioned your book. Tell me a little bit more about the book. What inspired you to write it? Yeah. So I, and one, I'm one of the amazing authors and there's 50 amazing women authors that uh, wrote voices of the 21st century. And it's called conscious caring women who make a difference. I don't know if you can, yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. So, so basically it became an international bestseller in February of this year, February, 2022. And I wanted to share my story about, you know, how following my heart changed my life because it's not easy. I think uh, a lot of the time, I think my experience is probably common for many people. Your heart is calling you to do something. And, and if you notice your heart, it's like never logical. Your brain is like, that's just not logical what you want. Like, no, like this doesn't make sense. So, and I spent a lot of time knowing what my heart wanted, but allowing my head to overrule my heart. And so I just shared my story of sort of how I shifted out of that and, and eventually was able to follow my heart and how that inspired my life. And again, I, I wanted to share that so that I hope that other people can read that story and say, oh, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. And look what's possible for me if I, if I trust and try to do this. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Sometimes writing a book can be the easy part. Taking those raw word processor documents and turning them into visually appealing pages that are compliant with independent publishing standards can be a daunting task. Don't trust your finished product to just anybody.
visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read the contribution to the book yet, but just having this conversation with you, I, I myself am a huge fan of travel and I'm kind of like, huh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. And it, it's definitely, you got to be open to adventure. And I mean, there's so many different ways to live this lifestyle and you can certainly do it more carefully, you know, and, and I, probably when you start, you probably do. But then as you keep going, it's like, ah, like what, what used to be scary becomes, oh, well, that's, that's like normal. Why would I not do that? You know? Right. It's like the first time you ride a bike, you get the training wheels, you got your helmet and you're, you're going super slow. Yeah. Six months later, you're flying down hills with no safety gear, no brakes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I love it. Heather, this, this conversation has just been so inspiring. Probably going to have to hit you up at some point as I, I get this in order, just with two little kids, it's not quite as easy unless you got any tricks for me. Cause I do have clients who are big on world schooling and if, yes. that would save me a whole ton of money to not have to pay the housing expense and the school expense. The thing is so, and I, you know, I have a Facebook group where there's like 5,000 people who are either already traveling or want to travel and a lot of them are families. There are there are tons of families out there doing this and families like ranging from one kid to I think like five or more kids, like it's crazy. So people do this. It is, I think one of the things, it's funny as like the holidays approach, right? And I look at all of this Black Friday and Cyber Monday, it's really funny. As a traveler, I've, I've become very aware of how much consumerism used to touch me before and when you're in a nine to five job earning a decent salary you never have enough money because you got to get out there and buy that new the new this like the the gotta get a bigger tv gotta get you know oh shoot i can save five hundred dollars on a car like you know whatever and you suddenly realize you don't need any of that and if you imagined your life like not shopping all the time you'd probably start like if you took a look just at that like how much stuff do you buy each month from amazon and, and you took that money and put it into savings or, you know, put it towards travel, you might begin to be like, oh, well, if I, if I didn't buy that and, oh yeah, I probably could afford, you know, some either, either a, a nicer, you know, a boutique hotel or, you know, whatever for a month on that. Oh, like, <laughs> so oh, you, you were like in my head. Cause I already did the math on two school tuitions, my mortgage, car payment. Yep could probably live at least in a three-star hotel. Absolutely. And and I think the, now I don't have children, so I can't, you know, speak individually to what it takes, but I think a lot of people homeschool their kids and what better teacher is there than putting your kids in the world and having them learn directly from experiences. So, I mean, obviously they also need to know math and science and, you know, you need to find a way to get them enrolled or teaching them those things, but it's a pretty amazing experience. Even if you did it for a year, I mean, you can do it. One of my clients, she had sold her advertising business. Don't quote me on the years because I'm terrible with numbers and statistics and really remembering anything like what I had for breakfast, but I know it was, it was a, they would plan on backpacking through South America for like a year and they just never came yep. back. Learned math through currency exchange, language arts through communicating with the local people. And to this day, she, they both, uh, her and her son live in Mexico. 
She runs world schooling retreats all over the world. They've done Asia, uh, lots of South America. And I think it's just, it's such a different way of looking at it. Because especially in America, school teaches you how to follow instructions and do what you're told, not yep. actually how to think. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so true. And it's like, I mean, I was, um, a lot of my schooling, I feel like was, you know, studying the stuff that I highlighted from class and memorizing for the test. And I don't remember half of it. But, you know, now that I've traveled the world, I'm like, I can look at photos and have recall of these experiences that I would never have gotten from textbooks. The, you know, I traveled through South America as a solo female traveler for six months by bus. And I have to say, before I did it, I remember a friend of mine um, talking about wanting to take a bus from like Mexico down to Argentina. And I was like, that's crazy because of the border. Someone's going to like come in and like arrest you or I, I don't know. I was terrified. And like, was I crazy? I don't know. But I had a great time and it was it felt safe and I loved it. So, you know, I get to look back at my life and be like, no matter what happens, you know, if even if I go back to someday to like a standard nine to five or have a more traditional life at some point, how awesome that I can now look back and like, I did this. I don't have to wonder what would, you know, what if all those years ago I had followed my heart? You know, no, nope, I did it. So it just changes the game. And you were probably safer on that bus through four South American countries than riding the New York City subway at night alone as a woman. Probably. Yeah, it's crazy. I have to say, you know, we fear, I, I think the game, the things have, the paradigm have sh has shifted where, you know, I'm not saying that uh, you don't have to worry about safety when you travel, but isn't it interesting, you know, you're from the New York area. Well, New York has been impacted by the pandemic and it doesn't always feel as safe. In fact, I used to take the subway home alone at two and three in the morning. Wouldn't do that now. <laughs> so I would defer to the subway anytime I could. Now I will not go into the city unless I'm driving. Yep. Absolutely. So and your, your point about learning, like I know I took several years of Spanish when I was in school, but it never really stuck just because it was school. But you put me in Mexico for a week. And by the time I come home, I'm speaking fluent Spanish again. And then I forget it because you're back home and you're not using it. Right. Well, or you could, because I, I picked up, I mean, I, I speak six languages. So when I went to South America, I already spoke Spanish, but not great. And then I went and it was like, you know, and I have to say people from Colombia speak the best and clearest Spanish to me of all the different, because what, because Spanish changes from every like Central America and South America and even Spain Spanish, it's all different, but you know, and then when you come back, especially in New York, you can speak Spanish all the time with everybody. Like I'm constantly on the lookout for like, Oh, when I was Espanol, you know, and like, so I just keep it going. So you can do that too. I, I, I learned that super young growing up in the Bronx. There is a huge difference between Puerto Rican Spanish, Dominican Spanish, Mexican Spanish. Like it, it's all the same language, but yeah. it is not the same. Yeah. And it's so funny how I find in America, like especially New York, when I hear them speaking Spanish and it's like, you know, Jamaica, subway and my mom, you know, and it's that, that like Spanish, but then they bring in the English. Whereas yep. when you go to other countries, like Chile is based on like there's the Mapuche Indians. And so they bring in some like Mapuche words. So I find that intriguing how there's always this bringing in some other aspect or culture into the Spanish language in every culture I've been to where Spanish is the main language spoken.
got it. I mean, we kind of do the same in English, right? We, we create our own words and our own slang and depending who you are in the country, you know, you can tell yes. if someone's from the South or from the Northeast. Yes, absolutely. But, oh my goodness, I am, I am pumped. Heather, this has been a great conversation. I, I really thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences uh, for everyone listening, where can they find out more either about working with you, advice, your Facebook, or anything at all you want to share with them? Yeah, if you come to fulltimetravelcoach.com or heatherbegins.com because it forwards there, you can get access to everything. Um, if you wanted to work with me, there's there's a get started page. You'll see if you scroll down the main page, you can just pick your path to freedom and figure out like which way you want to go in terms of either getting free information, joining the Facebook group, or having a conversation with me about how I can help you. You can also get the book on my website. And yeah, so that's really the best way to reach out and learn more. Fantastic. So for everyone listening at home, you just spent this time with Matt Harms of Pen for Hire and Heather Markell of fulltimetravelcoach.com. Definitely head over to her website, social media, whatever it is. If you need some pictures to get inspired, I can't imagine needing any more inspiration after hearing just all of the stories and the places that Heather has been. But please head over, reach out, support Heather, um, help yourself along the way because you do only live once. Um, any questions about the show or you know, if you want me to make an introduction, you can reach out to Matt at PenForHireNYC.com. Always happy to do that. And we will catch you all in the next episode. Heather, thank you again so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Same here. Thank you.